all right. Th those are very, very, very good um, things. I want us to turn to the book of Daniel, uh, chapter 5, verse 12. Daniel 5, verse 12. And also Daniel 6, verse 3. All right. So the word says in Daniel 5, 12, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and sh um, showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show you the interpretation. The Bible says that there was an excellent spirit um, in Daniel, of knowledge, of understanding, interpreting of dreams, the ability to solve complex sentences, dissolving doubts. All of these things were found in Daniel, okay? Shall we look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 3? Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. The Bible says that, Then this Daniel was preferred above the president and the princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Wow, I like that. He says, Daniel was preferred above presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him above over all the realm. You know, when you, when you think of <clears throat> the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel, um, first, let me say this, actually. When we're dealing with leadership development in the context of ministry, it's important that we keep the context ministry. I will explain why I said that. The reason is that you can take leadership is not a subject that's exclusive to church. Does that make sense? So leadership is a genre by itself. So the thing is, so you can take leadership principles from a non-Christian context, and you will get principles that are that are great, but if the framework is not centered around the way God sees life, you begin to find some limitations in it. Does that make sense? And that is why the word of God has to be at the center of, of leadership development and when it comes to ministry. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's why, so although, yes, so in, in, in leadership development, you, deal with, you, you also deal with discipleship. You can't separate those two things. Are we together? All right. So when you, when you read the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel is, is heavily prophetic. Do you agree? I think I think it's one of the most prophetic books of the of the of the Old Testament in terms of dreams, visions, and things like that. So it's very easy to relate to the book of Daniel from those lens. But I started to re reevaluate my um what's the word now my understanding of the book of Daniel, and I started to think to myself that there is there is almost not, let's say there is no better book because every book is every word of God is flawless. But I think one of the most important books when it comes to the subject of leadership, I think is the book of Daniel. And the reason is that um, it, it gives you the, the balanced view of what it means to be a leader, but what it means to lead in a fallen world. Do you see what I'm saying? So it really shows you how, how, how leadership uh, uh, literally conflicts what the world is in that sense. So that's why the book of Daniel is so relevant. I, I, um, if this was a prophetic training, I would say that I think right now the book of Daniel for us is one of the most important books. Book of Daniel, book of Revelation, in terms of interpreting the times that we live in and what our position should look like. So um, 
if you begin to study the book of Daniel through the lens of leadership, it would amaze you the things that you will find because you find essentially a person who cultivated his leadership heritage, his leadership grace to the point that the world had to recognize God. There almost isn't, apart from Christ himself, right? Um, and, and, and the thing about Daniel is the way the Bible presents Daniel, the Bible doesn't outrightly present Daniel in the office of a prophet like that. Even though I believe he was in the office of a prophet, there, there is, a, a, in a sense, a, a normality to his life in the way that his life begins. He's, 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 in, he's, he's in slavery. Does that make sense? He doesn't, the Bible doesn't show us this divine calling, Daniel, I am sending you. The Bible doesn't show us that, right? So, so I think that the, 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 the call here is to be for everyone, every believer to be able to look and relate. The Bible is not showing us, God didn't say, hey, Daniel, before I formed the, the woman by knew you as a prophet to the nations. The, the, the emphasis here is not so much on, on his prophetic ability, but instead on his walk with God. Are we making sense? So th this is why anyone should be able to relate to Daniel, that to an extent, whatever Daniel had, it wasn't just down to his gifting, but that which he cultivated. So when you think of excellence, because we see these scriptures, if you, if you ask people that lived in the culture that Daniel lived in, if there was a testimony about Daniel, it is the fact that Daniel was excellent. Okay? And this is evident, evident because for different administrations that existed in the time of Daniel, everybody sought his advice. Everybody sought, are we, are we making sense? Everybody sought to put him in a position of influence. That was how, that was how strong he was. So it's, so, it's so easy to crave what Daniel, Daniel had, the influence, the, you know, the, the, the rank, the recognition, and all of those things. But my, if, if I was to ask you the question, what made Daniel so excellent? I think this is one of the most underestimated things today in leadership. Daniel was excellent. It's a very simple point. You want to write this down. Daniel was excellent because he had an excellent heart. Are we together, right? His excellence, right? His excellence. The Bible says he had an excellent spirit. It's not that he had an excellent gift. Do you see that, right? Daniel's essence uh, as a person was excellent. So the thing we can learn there is that excellence, because when we talk about excellence today, if I come to you and say, hey, Uche, Uche, Uche is a, is a great guy, so I'm not picking on him. If I say, hey, Uche, you need to grow in excellence, right? The natural posture disposition is, you're thinking, I need to buy Maxwell's 21. What were you guys been reading now? <coughs> Invaluable laws of, of, of growth, um, something, it's and irrefutable laws of leadership. The, the natural posture would be, okay, I need, to, I need to go and sign up for a leadership course somewhere. Does that make sense? I need to go and sign up for some personal development course somewhere. And all of those things are valid and they're true. But the first base of excellence is not doing, is being. He had an excellent spirit. His essence was excellent. You would only get to find out the deeper you go into ministry, the deeper you go into leadership, is the more that you find out that leadership is really about what flows from your heart. <laughs> 
the deeper you go. You will understand that to be able to finish ministry with a pure conscience and a clean heart is, is, is a great achievement. Does that, okay, so yeah, you're doing that because people haven't offended you before. <laughs> right, so people haven't offended you before, right? So you realize that excellence, someone say excellence, it begins with the heart. Yeah, it begins with the heart. This is the problem today. We have a lot of, of leadership training, not a lot of heart training. Paul said something so, so, so powerful. I, 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 I held on to this scripture at a, at a certain point in my walk with God so that I would, you know, you, there's some things you hide in your heart. Have you done that? You hide some things. You know, the word, that word have I hidden in my heart. As leaders, you must hide some things in you because you need it every time. He said, holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. He said, because some who have lacked this have shipwrecked their faith. That's what he said. He says, holding the, someone say, holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. Yeah, yeah. Holding the mystery of faith in a pure heart, unfeigned heart, because some who have lacked this have shipwrecked their faith. So, the key, the key thing to excellence that we want to know as leaders is the first dimension of excellence you want in your life is you want a heart that's excellent. This is the difference between David as a leader and Saul as a leader. Both had opportunities. Both had potential. We're together. Both had opportunities. Both had potential. Both had a kingdom. One lost it because of the way of his heart. The other went the way because of the state of his heart. When God would describe David, he would describe him as a man after my heart. This is what I'm saying. So whilst today I, I know that in church leadership, excellence is tech. <laughs> right? You see that excellence is lights. Excellence is, um, you know, uh, uh, what's it? aesthetics and all of these things. Excellence is eloquence. Excellence is is how the hospitality team greets them. There's a particular smile, you know. Basically, it's when they come into the room, how does it smell? You know, whilst excellence is all, it's the way that we see excellence today in ministry, excellence is 2,000 members, 3,000 members. It's multiplying cells and all of those things. At the core of genuine excellence is an excellent heart. Are we together? We're going to read Second Peter chapter 1. In a minute. So, excellence begins with the heart. All right. So, the question is, how do I, as a leader, how do I develop a heart that's excellent? See what the Bible says. It says, it says guard your heart with all diligence. Proverbs. For out of it are the issues of life. Did you hear that? It says, God, so, so that means you're, you're guarding your money. <laughs> okay? You're guarding your money. You have your money in different places. This one fills, I'll go here. If this one fills, does that make sense? You're guarding that there, there's some jewelry somewhere that you've kept that even, you know, if there's decay on the earth, it would not be found. You're, you're, you're guarding, the Bible says, the thing to guard the most in this life is your heart. It says, for out of it are the issues of life. That's including leadership, that's including ministry, that's including family, 
Does that make sense? That's including, listen, I, I was thinking about something this week, Pastor Delasi. I, I say this often, but it hit me this week again. Never put, never, this, this is going to shock you, right? Never put the ministry before the man. Right, it's it, it, it's 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 that's somebody's prayer alarm. Glory, <laughs> I'm joking. All right, don't worry, don't worry. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Don't worry, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Okay, now never put the what. Let me explain what I mean because that can sound like a contradiction. Never put the ministry before the man. It took God about thirty years to craft the man Jesus. Do you see that? It took God about 30 years to develop the character, the behavior, when Jesus is taking off the scene. Are we together? Because it sounds like I say this every time, but I know why I'm saying it. Because the days of, we, we, what we're doing in our ministry now is still, is still coming. Ministry is still coming. But you don't want to get lost in the midst of it. So for us as leaders right now, these things must sit in our heart. At the, so now watch this. It took God 30 years to craft the man Christ. Right, the Bible shows us what God was doing in him. There were about four main areas. We looked at this, remember? Four main areas that God was working in him. The boy Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, and in favor with man. So if you want to know what was Jesus's like development program like, those four things. You see that? What is God doing there? God is dealing with the man, not just the ministry. We're together, not just the gift, not just the leadership. Because if the man is not raised up properly, uh, it's not that he won't be, when I say the man, you know, I'm, I'm using that as a, that's woman, man. Okay, you get that. All right. If the, the vessel is not raised up properly, right, the, the weight, the responsibility will be too much. I'm just talking to you about having an excellent heart. You see that? The weight, the responsibility will be, will be overwhelming. And so that's why you now find, you find shocking stories in the body of Christ. This is leadership. I'm going to, I talk the way I talk, right? Okay. Now you find shocking stories where someone has built a great work. They build a great with the work. You can look at work. This is this work is great, but then either their moral moral virtue. <laughs> See, something's not able to match up, and then you find someone someone is doing great things, and and all all of a sudden, in the midst of doing great things, they're also medicating somehow, doing something. Do, do you understand what I'm saying to you? Why why why? It's because if you don't cultivate an excellent heart first. Your heart can fail you in the midst of the work. Come on, am I talking to someone? We're talking to ourselves, really. <laughs> yeah, if you don't, if you don't cultivate an excellent heart, right? Okay, the heart can fail you. Have anyone, ever, anyone ever heard of heart failure? What happens when there's heart failure? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And when 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 matters of the heart come in, matters of life are involved. Do you see what I'm saying? Matters of life are involved. So ministry begins or, or, or excellence begins with an excellent heart. Now, so to, to further that point, this is the, the next one. 
right? So how then do we get a heart that's excellent? You, you wouldn't realize how much things like unforgiveness, carrying issues, they are blocking the ideas that can develop your ministry. Yeah. Unforgiveness, carrying people, you know, what somebody said. You, you won't realize how much they can be a hindrance to the flow of the wisdom and the ideas that God wants to give to you. But that's a separate issue. So the question is, how do we then develop a heart that's excellent? All right. I, I suppose the greater point here is that an excellent heart is the product of the pursuit of God. Right? And this, this, is, the, this is the reoccurring theme because everybody wants to get to Daniel. Everybody wants to go. You see, like, for example... Uh, there's a certain country. I may be, I may or may not be related to them, but um, uh, they just did elections, and uh, uh, I think that's that's Tolu's country and Zlade's country and and Voki's country and Uche's country and possibly Tommy is that your country? Actually, anyway, here's my point. Okay, <laughs> um, they just happened to, to to carry elections, and do you know what? There was a night this week. I, I lost two hours of sleep just researching which prophet said what because. <laughs> Uh, no, no, honestly, it fascinates me. But it was just so... You could make a Netflix movie out of election prophecies. So I was, just, I was just researching, and I realized that people are fighting to be the mouthpiece of God. You can, li you can literally listen to some of those prophecies and say, bro, where did you make this up? All right? So everybody wants to be this... You know, I heard God, God told me, God said, everybody wants to be like Daniel, walk into Nebuchadnezzar's palace. Because these are, when, when we evaluate what influence and ministry is, these are the things that we often can evaluate. From, it's from that standpoint. So everybody wants to be like Daniel. I interpret, don't, you want, you want to say, someone tells, I have a dream. You're like, no, don't tell me. I will even tell you the dream and bring the interpretation. You see, everybody wants to be like that, but you, you're going to miss it if you don't follow the scriptures carefully because the strength of Daniel's accuracy, even regarding the mind of God, was the strength of his pursuit. Are we still here? We're going we're to we're go through as much as we can. Um, so, the book of Daniel shows us that even for leadership, someone say leadership, even for ministry, right? That the pursuit of God is what produces a heart that's excellent, <laughs> right? There is no other way to get a heart that's excellent. The only person that can work on our heart is God. The Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. <laughs> so outside of God's regeneration system for the heart, there is no way, absolutely no way. So what has God done is that God has created a system that as I pursue him, right, I develop a heart that's excellent. So we, we, um, I think in the other stronger um, sessions that we've done, and I think all of that should be on the All Things Leadership podcast. If you, so please make sure you follow it. I think we'll give you all those informations later. But I think I was, one of the things I was saying was that if you look at Daniel's strength, his strength was in his consecration. 
right? His strength was in his pursuit. Remember that, remember the Bible shows us that Daniel did not eat the king's meat. Remember that. When they were brought in from wherever they were brought in from Judah, whatever, they, the king asked people, he asked his um, officials to feed Daniel and some of the other people that were, that were chosen to serve with his meat. And, and as much as we might look at it and say, yeah, it was for health reasons <laughs> or whatever, some people will say that, the, the, the clear similarity in living in those cultures was, this, was, was the culture of idolatry and how it was linked to some of the things that they did. So Daniel's refusal to not eat the king's meat was not just because of some type of Daniel fast. You do Daniel fast, but you don't change your lifestyle, so you, have, you should have eaten. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I remember there was a time someone was doing Daniel fast. But I said, I will admire their menu because I've never seen cocaine done like that before in my life. I've never seen more tantalizing food. <laughs> they cooked more in the Daniel fast. Than <laughs> and then I was a bit cheeky. I couldn't stop talking until I vexed them. Because I was like, you might as well eat. Because you're cooking. You're spending half of the time cooking. Right? So Daniel's decision was not just to, you know, just upset. It was, it, was, it was his consciousness of his consecration. You see that? And that was really a part of his pursuit of God. A part of his pursuit of God. You see Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see constantly that it's amazing. Let's talk about ambition. Right? Scripture speaks less of their ambition to change the world. I know this is going to be contradictory. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have an ambition to change the world. Like I... I have ambitions in the light of the gospel. Scripture speaks less. You don't find many places where the scripture is saying, Daniel, and they were praying for, you know, um, yes, of course, you know, pray for nations and things like that. I'm not saying they prayed for nations, but maybe they were praying for this particular gifting and things like that. Scripture speaks more of their desire to not compromise. Please read it. The things I'm sharing with you now, they are underrated in leadership and ministry today. But they are the things that are tested the most. Tested. It's why God takes time with us. You see, the, 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 you, your, let me talk. The, your gifting. There's a very simple principle to grow your giftings. Put it to use. Simple. It, it, that logic actually is in life. Anything that I, that I have, that I use, that I keep using, I'll get better at it. it it's, it's a very simple principle. You can stir up your gift. So that's why it gets confusing now when people are properly gifted, but their character is out of place. Yeah, the theology that sponsors gifting is very different. It's, it's one of practice. So if you pick up the guitar, if you start playing, maybe not me, but okay. <laughs> if you pick up the guitar, you start playing, you start playing. After a while, you get better at it. Has nothing to, so you can have, all the guitar players, they are sanctified, they are saved, they love Jesus. You can have someone, just in the same way, you can have someone who has a terrible heart, but they can strike nice chords. Come on, am I making sense? So, this is important for us. So, the book of Daniel, over and over again, please read it, take time. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> really take time, connect it to the leadership element of it and see the connection between consecration and leadership. 
the exalting of the pursuit of God more than anything. When they went into the, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the, what's it called? The furnace, right? They went trying to say, yeah, they went trying to say, yeah, put us in the furnace, you know, like let's test. No, 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 no. Like that's how some people have died. I kept hearing this story. I don't know whether it's true, but because I heard it so much when I was young, it better be true. Otherwise, someone has deceived me in my childhood. I heard that there was someone who went into a den. Did you ever hear that story? Did you, yeah. I think it's a Nigerian story because everyone else here. It went into a den and said that the way that the lion did not eat Daniel up, that he would not die and he got cleaned up. The lion ate him. Yeah, the lion ate him. All right. But when you see when you see those encounters where they're going, hey, like, you know, they're putting them in the, the, the focus wasn't, we're not going to get burned, we're not going to get burned. It's a case of we're not going to compromise. You see that? It's, it, what, 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 what happened there was, they were so, they said, listen, even if we, our God would deliver us, but even if he doesn't, whew, can you see that? That's, a, that's a, the excellent heart. Our God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, if he doesn't, we won't bow. So constantly you're saying, wow. So that means there's a very, in, in Christianity, there is a very clear connection between the pursuit of God and how we deliver leadership. My question to you is this, is if our hearts are disconnected from God as leaders, what is, that, what is leadership? I'll explain what I mean. If our hearts are disconnected from God as leaders, what then, what, what would we say leadership is? Like, what are we leading? Like, does that make sense? Because leadership is the ability to please him in doing what he asked you to do. So leadership, leadership for us, we, we, people say leadership is influence. <laughs> leadership if we were to use that definition, leadership is influence under God's direction. So if I, if I influence 50 cities and God called me to 20, I failed. <laughs> so, hey, I want you to write this down. I must be careful about what I, what I call my ambition in leadership. Does that make sense? Did you get that? I must be, I must be cautious because ministry this is, is an ambition game. Are we flowing so far? This is not harsh, it's very simple truth, and um, you know. <laughs> All right. So, how then do I develop this excellent heart? Someone say excellence in my heart. How then do I develop it? It is the product of the pursuit of God. So that's what the book of Daniel is littered with the, with the, with the uncompromising pursuit of God. All right. Then let me add this to it now. So excellence is the product of the pursuit of God. So consequently, there is no, now this is very important. There is no separation between excellence and worship. You see that? So, excellence, uh, excellent heart is the product 
of my pursuit of God. So I consequently realize that actually there is no separation between excellence and worship. Again, we take the two leaders. We would say David was a worshiper. Um, we can say that in a way that connotes he was a worshiper because he was musical. No, he was a worshiper because he pursued God. There was something that made God say to, to David. He says that David would never lack a son on his throne. That's a very strong statement. What did God find? He was not perfect. He was imperfect. All right, but he pursued. You see that? He was imperfect, but he pursued. So, now, th this is important because th this is like the, found for me, this is the foundation in the kingdom of excellence because then everything we now build from here, okay, is built on this foundation. Do you see what I'm saying? So, okay, are we building uh, excellent culture in our ministry? It's, it's a response to our pursuit of God. It's not disconnected from our pursuit of God. You see that? So I now begin to understand what wow, that excellent... So, <laughs> Mm. So there comes a point where being average could be an act of irreverence. I feel I just switched it now. Okay, I, I woke, I slept a bit. Um, <laughs> so I'm not grumpy, but you understand what I'm saying, <laughs> right? Being, there comes a point because if, 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 if excellence, right, is linked with my pursuit of God, being average, you can now understand when God would say to Israel, okay, I want, you to build the, I want you to build the tabernacle according to the patterns of the things above. And God is giving them descriptions, this high, this wide. Um, do you see what I'm saying? Basically, it's because excellence incorporates worship. And we know, are we here? And we know that worship is not the song. Worship is everything I have to offer. Right? So worship is my time. So turning up late, I'm not shading, okay? Because I said, right? Turning up late constantly, constantly for you as a leader. Now, it's not just a, it's not, it's not just a Nigerian factor, black people factor. It's now an act of irreverence. When you do it constantly, because please understand what I'm saying to you. Because now I understand that wow, excellence is linked with worship. All right. Everybody can have moments where you're late. I'm talking about every Sunday, late. Every Sunday, late. And, and then the first prayer you pray is, oh, we have come to draw. Okay, no, that's not a popular song. You know, we, 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 just, we, just, we don't even repent and say, God, I'm so sorry I'm late. <laughs> You see that? Because excellence, it becomes everything. Right? It becomes everything. It, 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 it's linked to worship. We will never have what is truly excellent until we pursue God in absolute worship. 
It is the ever-increasing pursuit of God in true worship that raises the bar of what we have to offer. That's what I found in my life. That's what, that's what I keep finding now. That the reason why I want to do things better is who I am offering it to. See, see, all of this must be at the... This is how you change. I'll talk about, you know, the, the next part. This is how we change the culture of average in our ministries. We, we wouldn't change it because we tell people if you're late, you will pay. <laughs> That's not going to go far. This is what I'm saying. We wouldn't change it because we tell people if, well, if you're late, we're going to fire you. No, that's not going to go far. But the moment people start understanding that, uh, 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 this is part of worship. Do you know that some people literally grew up in church with this mindset? I won't even go for the praise and worship. I'm just there for the word. That's, that's such an absurd mentality. So what you said is that we give everything to what you said to that. The part that has to do with me offering to God, I'm not interested. But the part God, God wants to give me, I'm interested. Right? So please understand this. Right? What God wants, like we learn in David, Daniel, all these examples I've been mentioning, is leaders who are sensitive at heart to God. Are we together? All right. Leaders were what? Yeah sensitive at heart to God. That's where it begins, right? So you see the connection between excellence and worship? Because we, we are offering to God everything, all right? I love what David said. David, there was a time, um, David wanted to buy a threshing floor. Read that story before? And what did he say? I won't give the Lord what? Anything that doesn't cost me. Right? You know what you're learning from Daniel? I keep flipping between Daniel and David, but please just... <laughs> you know what you're learning from Daniel? You're learning from Daniel that excellence is a, it's, it's a, it's a spirit thing. He had an excellent spirit. So this thing wasn't just about what he was reading. Read, please do. <laughs> right? Amen? Please read. Right? It was more about the posture of his heart. His heart condition. His heart condition. All right. So, following that point on excellence being linked to worship. <laughs> excellence increases in a person's heart, in a leader's heart, as they increase in obedience. It's very simple, but very powerful, right? At some point, hopefully, I can talk about following the due order, learning to follow the due order, right? Learning to follow the due order. So we, we grow, we grow in excellence as leaders, right? As we grow, because, so see the connection here. The connection here is, right, excellent heart, but what produces an excellent heart is the pursuit of God. And the pursuit of God is worship. All right. So through worship, okay, worship and excellence are interlinked. And going further, excellence, worship, 
this also ties in with obedience. So the more I become diligent with what God is saying, because worship then is not just a, today. We we I was, I was saying the other pastor. They was talking about um, you know, people just being romantic Christians. Remember that romantic Christians, meaning that it's just like, ah, oh, God, I love you with all my heart, but no life change, no commitment, no covenant, no. That's just being a romantic, right? Okay. Real worship is obedience. Okay, so in pursuit, think of, please, I want you to think of this because these are stories we've read before, but think of this moment between God and Abraham. God says, give your only son. If he stands there and says, no shadow, you won't light up. I love the song. Coming after, I love the song. Please don't curse the song out, all right? If he stands there and he begins to sing and say, God, you are good. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, the Lord will supply all my needs. And he never gets up to give his son. That's not worship. It doesn't matter how many songs he sings. If he gets Bethel and Hillsong to join him in singing the song, it doesn't matter. Obedience is literally him taking that son. This is how we ascend in excellence. It's just that we, in the kingdom, we have to understand the ways of God. Obedience is him taking that son, going up that mountain, attempting to do what God said, and he stretches into a whole new level in God by that act. And God said, wow, Abraham. Because it, who grades excellence matters? <laughs> uh, most of our excellence in the church is opinionated. It's opinionated. So we form, it, 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 it's, it's also driven by some type of worship. So worship will drive excellence. It just depends what you worship. So if you worship the seeker-sensitive culture, the church, the messages, the ideologies, everything will be driven towards that. You won't, even, you won't be able to have service one day. Without, if your equipment packs up, you will close the service. Does that make sense? Right? So it, what, what, what you drive... Uh, I keep talking about how idolatry or what you worship determines a lot about our lives. Do you see that? Even for us as leaders, I'll give you an example. An example is if, let's say, we are numbers driven. There's, there's, there's a good way to be numbers driven. I think we can talk about that. It is to hunger for souls to come into the kingdom, for disciples to be, to be established, and for the world to be saved. We together? Right? Okay? So there's a good way. But if, you're, if, if your numbers, you, you, let me make you laugh. You literally have people that are helping pastors count how many people have come to the church. In the, and it affects them to the point. It's almost, ah, this church is not growing. In, if, in the eyes of who? Exactly. Because if you went to the church in Philadelphia, Jesus said, I know you have little strength. Now, Jesus never said, don't grow in numbers. He didn't say that. But his evaluation is, I know you have little strength. He says, but I've placed before you an open door that no man can shut. So that means God's rating system. God's system. But if you never worship, you would never know. You never know. Come on, are we together? I'm getting ready to end this part because, you know, um, we still have quite a bit to cover. So the simplicity here is this. 
right? That obedience that Abraham had moved him to a whole new level in God. You see that? It moved him to a whole new... That's how excellence is a product of worship. So because we worship him, there is nothing that we would not give. Do you get that? Because we worship him, there literally isn't anything we will not give. I remember back in the day, there was this... Uh, uh, well, that's an unfortunate story by itself. There was this very popular young leader, very popular in the UK. And um, he had so much influence, so much influence growing up. He started some of the things you're seeing today with like young adult ministry and churches. He, he was out. He started that before anybody. Literally, he started that before anybody. And so there was a time, right? He put, he put it, uh, 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 a vacancy out for a PA. I don't think it was a paid position, right? And he was writing how there was a lady who left the house probably around 3 a.m. to get there for 5 a.m. for the interview for a, a position that wasn't paid, <laughs> right? For a position that was not paid, she left out at 3 a.m. I mean, if you're going to do that, at least let, let her be paid. Like, does that make sense? She left out at 3. What drives people to make decisions like that? It's the extent to which they value. You see that? It's the extent to which they would value the work. So that means... <clears throat> Maybe when I say this one, then we can go on break. <laughs> uh, how I live currently is a revelation of my value of God. <laughs> Does that make sense? The way I live right now, don't, please don't be offended. Don't be just, let's shake hands afterwards, <laughs> basically. But it's just for us to reflect. How I live currently we will never outlive our value for God. Never. Never outlive. It, 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 is, it is our, are we together? It's our value for God, right? Right? You can, any students here? Anyone, anyone still studying? All right, cool. And, and flow. You can push the limits of you studying because of a new level of honor for God. You can do it. When everything is truly surrendered. Right? Here's a Daniel connection. This is why he's able to rise to a point where he's a big time player in what's happening in the world. It wasn't the pursuit of being a big time player. It was the pursuit of a big God. And at that level, it's you're incomparable, not because you're trying to be incomparable, but your God is incomparable. Oh, please. Let's sell <laughs> Let's meditate. This is what I'm so whatever I'm producing now could be connected. So that means if I can increase the way I value God, I can increase how much excellence I produce. 
Is this making sense? If I can increase the way I value God, right? I can increase how much excellence I produce. So, this session I've just been dealing with how excellence begins with the heart. So, you can chase all these principles. You've heard this cliche, cheesy stuff. Some things are not taught, they are caught. <laughs> you know, have you heard that before? Right, you heard that before. It's cheesy, but I like it. Right, you can, you can chase all this, but, but the, real, the real dimensions of, of excellence, the deepest dimensions are spiritual. They are spiritual. It is when God gets a hold of our spirit and he begins to impart to us weight of, 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 of wisdom. It's, 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 it's at that level of interaction. Believe me, it is. The Bible says there's a spirit in man. The inspiration of the almighty gives him understanding. Gives him understanding. So you now understand why people like Dan, they never played with their consecration. Never played with their consecration. Because he profits both things that are, um, how does the Bible say it now? It talks about things that are, things pertaining to life and godliness. It says, bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. So if I was to go, maybe the second session, I'll give us a quick break because I know some of us just came in. So if I was to go further, it says, I would now go into 2 Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter is an excellent read on excellence, <laughs> right? Because it shows you that his divine power is giving to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So you can be looking for all things that pertain to life and godliness, but if you ignore the knowledge of him, who has called us to glory and to virtue, and then it now tells us, it says, for this very reason, it says, give all diligence to add to your faith, virtue. It now tells you all these things we must add to our faith. I think we'll look at that when we, when we come back from a break. Amen. Did we get something from that? Yeah. Okay. Did you note your questions down? Did you note your, please note your questions down because um, we're going to try and manage our time as much as we can. So please note your questions down. Was that clear? Did we get it? Okay. So it begins with the heart. Someone say it begins with the heart. Yeah, that's it. Once you, once you get that element correct, once you, it's not, it's not in the 500 steps of this and that. That hot thing is the, is the key thing. And what does that look like? The pursuit of God, right? Worship, obedience. So, hey, leader, we want to be excellent, but if we don't have devotion with God. If we read more developed leadership development books than how can I grow in my faith? Amen. All right, let's take a five-minute or ten-minute break, okay? And then we'll be back. We'll move on. Um, so I know that session may have been weighty, but it's good for us. Amen. <laughs> Amen. God bless us. Five to ten minutes. We'll come back. <laughs> 